Welcome to Tales from the Hood, Motherhood that is, a podcast about the struggles and joys of raising children and being married. My name is Christine Granados, and I grew up in El Paso, Texas, and now live in Central Texas, where I raised my two sons. I'm the author of two books of fiction, both set in El Paso. Both books have received acclaim and have been bestsellers for their respective publishing houses. I've been a writer at daily and weekly newspapers for over 20 years, and I have freelanced for national and regional magazines, and I've also taught a little English literature and journalism at some Texas universities. I named this podcast with the help of my two sons. They're always teasing me that I'm a ghetto girl or a ghetto rat, and it used to make me mad because I knew I most certainly was not a ghetto rat because I grew up in the suburbs far away from the Segundo Barrio in El Paso. But after a lot of consideration and time, I realized that because my parents grew up in the second ward in El Paso and raised us with those values, my family straddled those two worlds as we worked our way up into the middle class. This type of double life brought with it many surprises. Like the time I wanted to impress my son, who was studying American folklore in the third grade. I wanted to give him some local folklore that I grew up with. So I told him the story of La Llorona. But I may not have been real clear about the fact that even though my tias threatened me into staying close to home with that particular story, that it was indeed folklore, a story. So my son asked me nearly in tears after hearing the story if I was going to drown him in a river if he was bad. He even shrank away from me as I tried to explain that this was not real, but it was folklore, a story. So these are the types of stories I'll be sharing in this podcast. And today, since it's February, I'd like to talk about romance. But more specifically, I'm going to discuss one of the more romantic Valentine's days I spent with my husband. Wait, did I say romantic? I meant to say it was one of the more chaotic Valentine's days we spent together. All is romantic on Valentine's Day with kids. So without fail, my husband and I forget our anniversary every year in April. And I don't know if this speaks to how good our relationship is or how bad. But it started in our second year of marriage, and it continues to this day. I think it happens because April is a very busy month in the newspaper industry. So the man of the house is also the publisher of a large weekly newspaper in Central Texas. And we co-own a smaller weekly newspaper. And April is a month filled with conferences, special sections, and planning for the summer and winter issues. Even though we forget our anniversary every year, we always celebrate Valentine's Day. It's our way of making up for it. So when we were in our 30s, with two toddlers in tow, we missed another anniversary the year before. And instead of hiring a babysitter and spending money on a big fancy dinner that we could just make at home for half the price, we decided we were just going to have a quiet, romantic, candlelight dinner at home. Our first mistake was thinking we could have a quiet anything at home with two boys tooling around the house. So as the evening approached, the man of the house broiled steaks in the oven as our one-year-old rammed his walker into the back of his calves. I jumped over the kid in the walker to get to the champagne bottle I had chilling in the freezer. Our second mistake was the champagne. Next, I set a lovely table 
without a single plastic dish. No bib, high chair, or even Cheerios. I even dug through our closet and pulled out the two crystal candle holders we got as a wedding gift from my tia and set them on the table that I had draped with a red tablecloth. And then in the kids' playroom, I found two hand-dipped beeswax candles that we had made at the city library. The rainbow-colored candle fit perfectly into the holder, but I had to shave off the bottom of the silver-glittered black candle with a knife to get it in the holder. Our third mistake was the candles. Oblivious to both children who were now in the kitchen, I tore off the pink foil wrapper from the champagne bottle, and I left it on the counter. As I twisted the wire cage on the bottle, I turned just in time to notice the three-year-old reaching up for the shiny pink foil, which meant that the champagne bottle I held was aimed squarely at his chest, and the cork hit its target right in the heart. And our son, he crumpled like he'd been shot by a bullet. So we love birds went into ER mode and showered the three-year-old with attention and kisses. And you know how time seems to stop during a crisis? Well, this cork to the heart crisis did mess with the space-time continuum because as I wiped away his tears, we were snapped back to reality by the smoke coming from the oven. Undeterred, the man of the house scraped the carbon off the stakes and I poured champagne into our crystal wedding flutes, lit the candles and dimmed the lights. Our steaks and asparagus were plated on porcelain and we sat down together. I looked lovingly into my husband's sky blue eyes that turned stormy when the three-year-old walked into the living room and said, Is it my birthday? No, it's Valentine's Day, I said. Valentine's? he smiled. Can I blow the candles? No, the man of the house said. Turn on the lights, Mama. I can't see, the three-year-old said. With the lights on, my husband and I sat ate our overdone steak, sipped champagne, and gazed into one another's eyes as though we were waiting in line at the DMV because of the incessant wailing of the one-year-old. The man of the house rolled his eyes, headed into the kitchen to grab a yogurt cup for the one-year-old as I went for the crying kid. Knowing his parents were distracted, the three-year-old crawled up on top of the table to get at the candles. I arrived in the dining room in time to watch the man of the house drop the open container of yogurt onto our beautiful table and stop the oldest before he got to the candles. And while Dad had a stranglehold on him, I wiped the runny, bubbly nose of the youngest. And those of you with children understand the level of mucus we're dealing with when it's bubbly. We set up a high chair and booster chair and let both boys eat blueberry yogurt as we tried to finish our steak dinner. And for the tenth time since I had lit the candles, the three-year-old said, I want to blow the candles. No, we both said at once. Let me blow the candles, he asked. And before leaving our steaks half-eaten to give the boys a bath, the three-year-old blew out the candles. We had hoped that the bath would calm them down enough to get them to bed. Thinking we could get our children to bed at a reasonable hour on a weekday was our final mistake. The water was like a shot of adrenaline for the youngest, who'd been wailing because he was sleepy, and the three-year-old swam circles around him, making a whirlpool in the tub, 
with waves that would splash his father occasionally. As I surveyed the scene from the doorway, Dad, seated by the side of the tub, soaping up our oldest's hair into a mohawk, and our youngest growling like a dinosaur, I wondered if anyone else's Valentine's Day was filled with this much ambiance. And I vowed that next year we would spend the money and go out. Thank you for listening and for choosing to spend your time with me. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review. It'll really help my numbers. And for more information about this podcast, me, and other things I've written, go to christinegranados.com. If you join my mailing list on my website, you'll have a chance to win a free book in March. I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for all the music, sound engineer Cookie Hey Looky for making this podcast sound great. So please visit their YouTube channels to check out their talents. Next month, in honor of Women's History Month, I'm going to talk about what it felt like the first time I was invited by a real-life author, writer, to read from my book of fiction to an audience of about 250 people. Please come back next month. And don't forget to join my mailing list for a chance to win a free copy of Fight Like a Man and other stories we tell our children.